0: I think we're just going to go ahead and go live. Uh, Rio is going to be joining us here in just a second or so. Rio is here with us. Rio, if you can hear me, we are live. Hey, Seth.
1: Welcome to the Moving Forward podcast. Uh, Today we have Seth again from the Dividend Report, uh, this time for debate
0: talk. Rio, thank you for having me on. I know our last discussion, I I happened to get a little emotional about the state of the world and my fears about the future, but I really have to say that after watching the entirety of the debate last night that my fears have been assuaged. I think I had been wondering whether or not I should bring a child into the world before the debates, but now seeing how just, it brings a tear to my eye, America, the the land that we live in is is wonderful, and it was presented so eloquently on the stage that really, what what did I have to worry about, Rio? I don't I don't quite know, and I just think it's so lovely that we can be here to talk today. So so thank you. Everything's good. Everything's okay.
1: It's gonna be fine. It's all gonna be fine. Uh, all right. So do you want to just say like what your good your overall take on the whole thing was?
0: Well, that's hard, isn't it? Um, like was that a debate right what is a debate the definition of a debate clearly we spoke when the democratic debates were happening and yang would bring up the fact like hey this is more reality tv than this is debate and that got taken to an entirely new degree last night that was i'm still struggling to put it into words you know It was a a train wreck in slow motion. And it started off off like it was going to work and be okay. Trump did, this is the difficult thing. Trump gained steam through the night in a way that I was not expecting. Like at the very beginning of it, I thought that he was going to lose it. I thought that he was in a frame of mind that was not going to allow him to finish the debate, I honestly thought we were going to see the end of his presidency right then and there. I saw his train of thought completely shatter. I saw a bit of demeanor that I hadn't seen in him before. And then it's like he got his footing halfway through the debate and totally took control of every single personality from the moderator himself from Biden. And I, and it really, I think there's psychologists out there that who are going to have a field day trying to dissect this in the future to understand exactly how this went the way that it did.
1: Yeah, um, I definitely felt sorry for Chris Wallace. He was very professional um, and tried. I mean, he didn't really fact check, but he would say, well, actually, no, sir. You know, this is what this is the case. What you just said is not the case. Um, especially when Trump started arguing with him about his questions I'm sure Trump's uh, supporters will think that oh you know those those evil lefties on Fox News have it in for him and the fake the fake news media uh, but I think the average American saw a professional consummate journalist trying to control a child
0: yeah I, a petulant baby so I've, I've heard that talked about by different pundits throughout today, and I actually don't really agree. So face value, let's look at it at surface level. What are the dynamics going into the debate? Uh, people who are voting for Biden are mostly voting against Trump. People who are voting for Trump are voting for Trump. They are super energized, super engaged about him. What's at stake during the debates is, I guess like if there are still swings, swing voters, it's Trump's game to bring them over to him at this point, just based on how he's doing in the polls in general. And it's Biden's job not to, uh, not to lose anyone, I guess. And Trump, certainly, I, I don't think Trump brought anyone new into his base. But I think that his base, in the ways that they're going to respond to the type of behavior that Trump had last night. I think they're going to eat it up. I don't think any of that is something that they would say, oh, wow, well, we're embarrassed about, even though I am, right? No, they're so tribal about this. So for example, like Steve Marchand was talking with uh, Nerds for Humanity after the debates last night, and he brought up this point where like that level of tribalism is almost um, whether you think it's Stockholm syndrome, whether you think that it's just an addiction to the drama, like the... Some people are saying we just want four years of boringness now. No, they, they very well might want this. This is the, the crack cocaine, the entertainment, the sugary candy that they thrive mm. off of. Now that it's fully become reality TV, it's no longer political. It's no longer actually an exchange of ideas to find some sort of a solution or a better perspective. This is the reality that they live in and thrive off of. And that's my concern.
1: Yeah, well, I think you you summed it up basically correctly. I don't necessarily disagree with what you're saying. I, I don't think what I said is, um, is mutually exclusive with what you said, though, right? Because mm. as you said, going into it, voters, uh, most voters have made up their minds. Um, I think you're right that there is an enthusiasm gap in the sense that a lot of regular people who are voting for Biden seem to be mainly motivated by wanting to vote against Trump. But I don't think we should underestimate how much that does motivate people and how just how unliked and frankly hated Donald Trump is. Um, and I, I think you could make a case that part of the reason Trump won last time was because while there was an enthusiastic 30% of Americans who were really gung-ho about Trump, there was also, there were, uh, also another group of people who didn't particularly like Trump, but were very motivated by how much they hated Hillary Clinton. Um, and so I think Biden's job was to remain likable and not hateable. And I I think he pulled that off for the most part. Um, I think that Trump's job (laughs) was was basically to interrupt Biden constantly so that Biden could never actually make his case to the American people. And he largely succeeded at that. Uh, But it looks like uh, um, the uh, debates going forward are going to be more strict about preventing people from interrupting each other. I hope that there's some mic cutting going on. Yeah, but you also I was... have to worry about the fact that if you do cut tr- Trump's mic, and it'll look like they cut Trump's mic more often, right, because he's uh, he's not a gentleman, he is a toddler, um, then, you know, a lot of people will say, then they're not being fair to Trump, and it's just, you know, more biased mainstream media.
0: Right. You see what I'm saying?
1: So I feel, I feel like the swing voters are the only people that matter um, in those debates, and swing voters are not super enthusiastic Trump supporters by definition. So I think a lot of those people saw the dynamic between Trump and Wallace in particular as very un- unpleasant for them, right? Imagine that you're, a, you're an older person, you watch cable news, you watch Fox News, maybe you also watch MSNBC because you're a swing voter, right? Um, and you see a guy on Fox News, which is supposed to be the president's channel, just being totally disrespected by an absolute buffoon, right? I think that's going to turn you off a little bit.
0: Yeah, and, and so I kind of made a joke earlier in the introduction about how now I want to bring a kid into the world, but really I, I try to put myself in the perspective of like, say I had a 10 year old child and I'm telling him, son, look, this is history in the making, this is the the leadership of our country that's gonna determine your future and wow, like watch, Within 15 minutes of what happened last night, I would have been turning the TV off. I don't like this is not something that I would want my children to learn to emulate to to follow. Uh, It was it was the the worst disgrace that I could have felt as like an American. And 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 that was awful. And knowing that there is a group of people out there who are going to support this president, even with that behavior in mind is deeply troubling to me. And I hope that you are correct. Like he didn't win any favors from anyone who was not already in his camp. The state of the game didn't really change. And it may be silly to think that it would from a debate. But the deeper desire that I had going into the debate was hoping that, listen, there, there are like dynamics outside of the political spectrum happening on mainstream TV that need to be um, exposed, need to be remedied. I'm talking about things like the conspiracy theories or the constant uh, doubt that's being cast into the integrity of our election by the president. Right. It's, it's not the job of the mainstream media to be the, the, the teller of what is and is not truthful. But at the same time, we, we have to, ha- we can't live in a post-truth world. And I was hoping to see these things, and you're right, you're right. Trump's job was to let that not happen. And uh-huh. he, he succeeded in not letting an actual thorough analysis of the state of the country um, take place with his constant interrupting.
1: Yeah, no, he was basically a terrorist. His job was to go in and blow blow it up so that America couldn't get the benefit of a real civilized debate about policies. That
0: right. was his
1: job. Um, and I, I think if we look at the, the recent revelations that should surprise nobody, you can go back and listen to over a year ago on the Moving Forward podcast when Corey and I first started doing it. And I was saying it since 2015, in fact. But on the Moving Forward podcast, I've been publicly saying, Donald Trump owes a bunch of money to the Russian government and the Russian mob because he can't get loans from real first world banks, right? Um, Lo and behold, it turns out he has $300 million in debt, not to, you know, the uh, U.S. bank, right, but to freaking Deutsche Bank, which literally launders money for the Russian mob slash government, Right. Um, there is no way that he could have passed a security clearance for like an entry-level position in the State Department.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: The yeah. only reason that he didn't have to do that is because he was elected president by a bunch of fucking idiots. That's the truth. And, 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 and Trump, is, Trump is worse than a useful idiot at this point. I think that it is not an exaggeration to say that he is a weapon. Trump is a weapon being used by our enemies to tear america apart from the inside
0: yeah from the yeah.
1: inside The 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 reason he doesn't want to tamp down all of the violence that's going on around us but actually wants to amp ramp it up the reason he told the proud boys to stand back and stand by instead of stand down is because he wants that he wants violence he wants americans fighting against each other
0: and can, right? I, can I point out that the Before that happened, the question was, will you disavow white supremacists who support you? And then he asked, who do you want me to apologize to? And then he said, Proud Boys. The moderator did not say Proud Boys, right? The Proud Boys still try to masquerade as if they're some sort of like, oh, we're not white supremacists or anything. Like Trump made that connection himself and then told them to stand down. He never actually – No, he didn't say stand down. down. He said stand Stand back. back which Means take a step back and
1: stand by, which means be ready for a civil war, basically. Right, yeah. I, like I, he saw- I, I, at this point, at this point, I don't think that Trump is just a useful idiot, that would have been the best case scenario. I think that he is financially beholden to some really, really evil people who openly say they would like nothing more than for America to tear itself apart. The KGB's strategy has been to. But, well, <laughs> Putin's ex ex KGB, but if you ask me, you know, like he still he still is. So
0: um, the useful. But, idiot like, and...
1: but that's their strategy. Their strategy is to get Americans to turn against each other. They want to ramp up extremism on both sides. Like part of the reason why the far left has gone off the deep end as much as it has is because they're also being duped by a bunch of Ru- Russian bots.
0: Right. It's all yes. intentional. Yeah, yeah. And like, so that useful idiot persona was the imagery that's been casted by our media. And what I saw last night is that no, he's he's still firing on gears. I think Adderall's involved. I've been on Adderall since I was in the seventh grade. And I was frustrated at how surprised I was by the way he was able to engage in the debate, not, not not saying that he was eloquent or articulate or any of that, but he was, he whatever he was doing, he was doing it, if that makes sense. And so it does seem clear to me that he has the capacity to be more than a useful idiot is, is what I'm trying to say there. And like I'm seeing someone in in my chat say, uh, most Yang gang are voting for Trump for Yang in 2024. There's not going to be a ballot that you're able to cast in 2024 if Trump wins this next election, right? Because like, think about this. One of the things that I consistently say is in the next four years, we are going to see fundamental shifts in the entire way that our country and world operates based on technological changes. And if you live in a post-truth world, and if you neglect science, if you neglect reason, if you neglect fact, in conjunction with a rapid pace of technological change, the end result is is absolute collapse. We've collapsed under far less tension and strain. And I don't think that people are really willing to admit that. They still seem to think that there's going to be something to salvage after four more years of this. So
1: Accelerationism won't work work, um, we may be able to cast a, a, a ballot. Um, I mean, there's no guarantee that our ballots will be counted this time, right? So the, 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 the thing about a banana republic is that you still vote. It's just that your vote doesn't count. And one of the key authoritarian strategies um, that wanna be dictators like Donald Trump use is that they try to convince people that they've already lost their their ability to vote. The elections are already a sham, right? Because then they won't bother to vote. Right, Um, and because if if we've already lost it, and everybody else, everybody has always been equally corrupt and crooked, then what difference does it make? Right, then I might as well support this guy because you know at least he makes me feel good in my racist soul. Um, I want to be really clear: if you are not voting for Joe Biden, you are not Yang Gang. Andrew Yang is the leader of the Yang Gang. Andrew Yang is smarter than you. Andrew Yang is telling you to vote for Joe Biden. If you're not listening to him, you are an enemy of Andrew Yang's. You are not on his side, period.
0: Yeah, and I just wanna point this out. Like, it, they brought up the fact that 200, nearly 210,000 Americans have died from the COVID crisis, right? And there's there's a significant part of the population here that believes this is a liberal hoax. They believe that these deaths are actually being misreported for the benefit of some liberal agenda. And I, I just I I want to let you know another part of the debate. They talk about manufacturing jobs. Trump tries to say I brought all the manufacturing jobs back. No, manufacturing output has skyrocketed in this country, but the employment has never reached levels uh, above the, when they fell in 2008. Automation is here. It's happening now. And if you're living in a post-truth society where the facts do not matter, no amount of logic or reasoning is going to tell this administration why a universal basic income is important based on the technological aspect that so many yang gang are driven to it's out the window they will not believe you when you say look at all of these people who are destitute and impoverished because they already don't believe that the economy can be anything other than the stock market they already believe that the eight million unemployed that live in this country right now is fine we live in booming times the, the pandemic's over trust me don't trust them they're lying to you, you trump, don't
1: trump Said that too, Joe. Actually, I thought it was one of better one of Joe Biden's better moments. Um, pretty much all of his better moments were when he was talking to the American people. He looked in the camera and he spoke to us, not to Trump. Basically, to say like this is a sham. This is not a real debate. He is not a real president. He is not worthy of the respect and dignity that you afford that office because he disrespects the office himself every time he opens his fat mouth. So I'm just going to talk to you guys because this is up to you, not him, right? And he said, he said, you know, if you're a billionaire like Donald Trump, who only paid $750 in taxes, right? I pay more taxes than than that in half a month than, than he does in an entire year, right? Donald Trump is not rich. He's a clown. He is living on credit, and he owes money to the worst people in the world, which is a huge national security threat. But Biden just looked at the people and said, sure, billionaires like Trump are doing great but how are you doing? How are you doing? And I thought that was a really good point that he was connecting with people. He was saying, you know, I understand that you are not doing as well as Trump. And despite all his bluster, he hasn't done anything for you. Worse. So he's lied. What to did you. Trump do though? What did Trump do? He dug his grave because he said, oh no, they're doing great. They're doing great. Okay. Well, you know, a lot of people who heard him say that were like, no, I'm not.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and, ask and yourself, that, are you that, better that, off turned, now. that turned
1: them off right there. So again, talking about swing voters, who so are the only people that matter, right? Even if they're doing okay, I'm pretty sure most people, even if they're making more money now than they were four years ago, most people don't feel like they're doing better now, right? We're locked in our houses, there's riots in the streets, there's Nazis, it, it's a it's a nightmare, it's a dystopia. We're it living is. in a hellscape, and and it's not all Donald Trump's fault, but- a, a a competent leader would have been able to avoid letting it get that bad. And it's only going to get worse. So
0: Steve Marchand yeah. <laughs> also in the, also in the yings for yeah, nerds for humanity, uh, after show, he he mentioned that his, I think his mother passed away from COVID-19 and his family's sitting there watching the debates and Trump starts talking about how the virus is only really affecting older people and everything. And he said that when Biden turned around and said like, Many of you are watching with an empty chair in your living room today, and he said like it shook him it shook him to his core because that that is true like the elderly aren 't less human, the elderly aren 't um, some type of you know like why why i i, I don 't want a president who 's dehumanizing certain aspects of our population, and I cannot accept." a support base that thinks that that's okay uh it's just it's crazy to me i
1: thought the the greatest freudian slip of all time this didn't happen in the debate unfortunately but he did say this publicly on camera he said we need herd mentality (laughs) by which he meant herd immunity right yeah Mm -hmm. but that's funny because he really does need herd mentality he needs people who think of it like like think like sheep who just follow the great leader and don't question anything he says. He needs people like in George Orwell's 1984, when he holds up four fingers and tells them that he's holding up three fingers, they need to say, yes, comrade, that's definitely how many fricking fingers you're holding up, right? Um, he needs herd mentality because the only political asset this man has is the stupidity of the average voter. He has absolutely nothing else going for him. Um, So like, we just we we need to stop treating him like he's a normal person like this is a normal debate it's just not he is not worthy of that position it was a a national disgrace and a shame it's a shame it's shameful that this man was the 45th president of our country we should all be embarrassed by that
0: yeah think of the kids who have been watching hamilton with their family and it's on disney and everything they're learning the names of the founding fathers, the people in our history—they're hearing the words that they wrote and the ideals that they upheld—and then they watch what happened last night. Um, I also want to go back real quick and, and kind of mention that you know my girlfriend traveled to South Korea recently, or you know a couple of years ago, and she came back and talked about how one of the things that stuck out to her so much was how the people in that country treated the elderly in that they had a respect for them in a way that we do not have here. Like you don't, like you, you treat the elders with respect over there. And that's it. That's his cultural idea that has been ingrained. And when I hear, when I heard Donald Trump just like cast aside hundreds of thousands of people who have died, who have made this country, what it is, I don't understand how that's not an, how that doesn't just end it for him right there. Yeah, and, and to really- be clear,
1: herd immunity means that something like two and a half million Americans would have to die. Right. And if we if we decide to just open the floodgates and let that happen sooner rather than later. First of all, we don't know enough about the disease to know that that would even work. It might not. Um, and secondly, uh, if, if we can slow it down and prevent two and a half million Americans from dying, if we can keep it at under half a million instead, which is probably the best we can hope for at this point. Um, then we can get a vaccine and maybe we can save 2 million lives, right? And it's not just old people. There are people my age who are dying of this thing. It's less common, but it happens. Mm
0: -hmm, mm -hmm. And
1: it's not just people who have other complications, right? There are, like any disease, you're higher risk if if there are certain things about you, right? Um, So one of them is being older, one of them is being male, um, if you have high testosterone, you know, if you've got more hair on your chest than you do on your head like me, that actually makes you higher risk. There are people who survive it who are young, who are going to be permanently crippled by it. I mean, we don't know what the long term effects are, but there are some people who months after they recovered still can't walk up the stairs and they used to run marathons. Something We like- don't know how bad this is. This is not something you want to mess around with, you guys.
0: And even even Trump was saying, oh, like we've found these many months after the virus that we, like he admitted, we find out more things as we go along. Trump, you said seven days before a rally, you told your supporters to treat this like the flu. You said to Bob Woodward mm-hmm. that this thing is highly contagious. It's got an R-naught of four or five. This is an exponential growth problem and it's more serious than the flu. You told Bob Woodward yeah, that. And
1: he, and he knew that it was spread through the air, right? Mm-hmm. He knew how dangerous and deadly this was. And then he went on television and said, oh, it's no big deal. It's just like the flu. It's going to go away in the summer.
0: I mean, he just lied every single day. And like, listen. Months like, while Americans were dying. And something like crazy, like 25% of people who got SARS, the last epidemic that was predominantly in, in Asian uh, states, they're, they're like living with lifelong chronic conditions, like chronic fatigue syndrome. Um, uh-huh. so, you know, like, what if it turns out that this has a delayed symptom effect of making men infertile. What if you lose right. your ability to have children? What if it lowers children? your life expectancy by three decades? We don't know. We do not know. You don't want to go but out Trump's there. But Trump's like,
1: just let everybody catch it. Just let everybody catch it because we need herd mentality.
0: And it would it would be on the <laughs> It really scale. is the greatest Freudian slip of all time. It would be on the scale of years and years, not just millions of death, but people don't understand how many people three hundred and seventy million in America are. Like to reach seventy percent of that population, based on the the spread, y- you'd have to one basically encourage people to go out and sneeze at each other, which I know that's what they're doing at the Sturgis rally. Uh, they're <laughs> having sneeze. These these people are they literally doing that? Yeah, yeah, they were. You know, and like that's the thing. A couple of weeks afterwards, I'm seeing headlines that seven people have died that have been linked to the Sturgis and it's more than that now uh, linked to the Sturgis rally who never and just went
1: there. yet just last night Trump said we haven't had any problems with these rallies
0: Oh yeah. yeah, Herman. And Kane. to be
1: clear, to be clear, I've been consistent about this. Not everybody has. Not every critic of Donald Trump has been consistent about this. A lot of people have been very hypocritical. I also opposed people gathering in huge numbers for the protests. I said, let's have a Twitter protest. Let's protest online. Let's 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 coordinate some kind of a video protest. Right? There are other ways of doing it that don't spread a deadly disease. It's going to kill your aunt. Um, and, and and I read a I read a really really sad story. It was about this. Uh, guy who is in his late 20s and he went to a covid party you know what those are right because Mm -hmm. he was a trump supporter notice i'm using the past tense to describe this man in his late 20s he was a trump supporter and he believed donald trump when trump said that it was a democratic hoax and we now know we now know that trump knew it wasn't a hoax when he said those words he killed this person Mm
0: -hmm. yes because
1: this person trusted him and and he thought crazy. you know. We used to be able to, to do this. He thought he could trust his president to tell him the truth about something this important. So he went to a COVID party, which was something that dumb young people who believe the president did just to mock the, the libs, right? And, and he caught the disease and he died. Um, and while he was in the hospital, they interviewed him for this piece and he said, I made a mistake. I thought it wasn't real. I was wrong. And that's just really sad because you know, young people do stupid things, especially when they trust a septuagenarian toddler.
0: And that's why we can't afford, we can't afford to choose a world where, where we don't believe facts and we, we choose to believe one. Like I understand, I had my criticisms of the mainstream media. I had my own conspiracy theories going into 2016, but I, uh, man, This is just, so what's even crazier to me about this entire problem is let's just say you don't care about any of this. You don't care about the people who are dying. You don't care about preventable deaths. Like this is just something that's gonna happen like at the same time Trump is trying to say that these states are locked down. Oh, we have to reopen the states because these there's no lockdowns. Like nothing is stopping <laughs> mo- most of these places are not locked down. Most of these places are dealing with economic issues stemming from the fact that most people don't want to go out and risk their health during a pandemic. So like you're never going to fix this issue and the fact that you believe Trump when he says like I'm going to open up all these states and you think that economic resources are suddenly going to keep on stemming. No, listen. Well, they- the
1: one area where he is has been pushing forward is reopening the schools against the advice of experts and then when the experts didn't tell him what he wanted to hear he fired them and put sycophants in place
0: Terror. yeah it's 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 insane and like again like i said what's going to happen is automation is going to come through displace everyone but the stock market will do fine the economic boom will continue the people who are impoverished poor destitute are going to be there and dead from a pandemic like this is only going to get worse we we cannot afford four more years of this. And it. I don't understand, and I was hoping somehow during the debates that people would catch on to this or that we would have the ability to say, like, if Biden came out and said the truth, the fact, the evidence that more cops have died in this country from the pandemic than from the rioting and the violence in the streets, when they brought that up, right, shouldn't the real problem be like, hey, if you care about blue lives, what about all of the lives that have been lost from police, from the COVID disease? I tried bringing that up with one of my family members who believes, uh, who is super, super red. And he said, that's fake news. I said, no, like how? how, No, it's it can't be. So when Biden says that on stage, he has to say something like that on stage. And then if they try and say, well, that's fake news, like you you have to you have to challenge them on the biggest platform you can and stop all of this misinformation. The the
1: funny thing is Trump actually didn't lie as much as he could have. Right, Right. because I've seen I've seen Trump supporters who will just flat say only seventeen thousand people have died of COVID. Right. Well, Trump admitted over two hundred thousand people have died of it. Apparently, that you know that I they they probably heard the Fuhrer say it, and then they're still going to keep repeating that only seventeen thousand people died because of it, because their epistemology has nothing to do with whether or not it tracks reality. It has everything to do with whether or not it makes their guy look good. That's it. That's it.
0: Yeah, that that's a hundred percent it. And I, I, you're right. It's silly of me to think that you can somehow talk reason and sense into this. Because even if you can point out the truth as as perfectly as possible, they still will not accept it. I, I, I think that's just possibly in the same, in the same area. That's the best thing that you can do for Biden's cause is, um, again, show them the inanity, the insanity that's happening on the other side. Yeah, you may not want Biden. You may not care for Biden that much, but this is a vote against Trump, and it's more important than ever.
1: It's not really, honestly, I don't even think it's a vote against Trump. I think it's a vote for democracy. It's a vote for the rule of law. It's a vote for the Constitution. It's a vote for preserving the things about our society that are good right now. You can't make progress happen by making things worse, all right? conservative is not the opposite of progressive. The opposite of conservative is radical, which is what Donald Trump is. The opposite of progressive is regressive, regressive. Accelerationists, you are regressive. You are actively trying to make society worse, which is the opposite of better. That is not progress. Destroying democracy will not make society better destroying the rule of law so that you can have the Gestapo come in and arrest you on trumped up charges is not making society better, okay? Stacking the courts with people who are hostile to the constitution is not making society better. And if like, what, what, it depends on what you, like if you're on the center right like me and what you care about is having low taxes, right? What's to stop the government from hiking your taxes to 50% as soon as your vote doesn't matter anymore. And if you're on the left and what you care about is You know, taking care of the poor. Right. What's to stop the government from cutting food stamps, not just cutting, ending, ending food stamps, ending welfare. Maybe they'll decide we don't need public schools anymore because, you know, we've got robots to do that stuff. Right. Right. Seriously. Like if you think things couldn't get worse, you haven't studied history. Things could get a hell of a lot worse
0: listen, I want to hammer this home right now. I spent a lot of time and now I feel almost silly about doing it, talking about how concerned I was about this workfare and this federal jobs guarantee. Like, hey, listen, authoritarian leans both left and right. Well, authoritarian is here. And for the trolls that may be in my YouTube channel right now, saying all these things, listen, everything you say on the internet, unless you really go about trying to protect yourself, and then even then, I mean, just take any look at how easily the dark net has been broken and the Silk Road and every like, listen, you invite authoritarianism in with the technology that exists today, you're done, you're done. Yep. Like things you have said in the past are going to come back and haunt you, you're going to be sent away just like that. It's you, you do not want to play with this fire, because it's going to burn you in ways that authoritarianism in the past, you couldn't even dream about yeah, it.
1: You want to see what real propaganda looks like? Imagine what happens when the government actually can shut down a newspaper that it doesn't like right? Or when the government can can tell Facebook what it's allowed and what it's not allowed to show. Or just say, we're not going to allow Facebook anymore. Now we're going to have, you know, um, Trump book or whatever, right? They, they're, they're not thinking this through, dude. They're just not. You want to talk about a couple of the actual, they did get to some policies. Yeah. The yeah, Supreme Court exchange at the beginning was kind of interesting, I thought.
0: It was like, that was, we didn't even get 10 minutes in and he immediately disregarded what, what Biden was trying to say with, Oh, you're a socialist. Um, And, and he, Oh, but but still, yeah, you, yeah that, right. ha,
1: that has close to nothing to do with the question of the Supreme Court and yeah
0: being on it. That's how fast it, it like flipped the subject right there. So yeah, uh, go ahead and, and recap what happened with that question exactly, because I'm having a really hard time keeping everything <laughs> I mean, in one piece. I don't
1: know. I think I think Biden handled it okay. I I feel like he. I mean, obviously Biden can't say, yeah, sure, your your side won. You guys have the Senate. You have every right to put her on there, and no, I'm totally not going to pack the courts. He can't say that because if he says that, he's going to lose a lot of votes, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so he did what he did because he had to for political reasons. We know what sort of, of of justice Biden would appoint. It would not be somebody who was going to overturn Roe v. Wade. It would not be someone who's going to overturn the Affordable Care Act. We all know going into it what the contrast there is, right? Um, but you know, in a way, Trump's kind of right. I mean, like. The problem, setting aside the hypocrisy of Mitch McConnell, who made the clearly uh, disingenuous arguments about like passing out Merrick Garland on the grounds of something that he obviously doesn't really believe, it was always just about, we have the power, so we're going to do it, right? And if he had said that, I'd respect that more frankly. Yeah. Um, and Trump's answer basically was that. He was like, look, we have the Senate. They didn't have the Senate. I guess it says something more about Mitch McConnell, Mitch McConnell than Donald Trump, that apparently he has less integrity and is less honest than Trump is. <laughs> but you know, I mean, I think the best thing for the election would be for the Republicans to push through um, the confirmation, and then it's not on the ballot, you know? Because if this is on the ballot, the, if the Supreme Court's on the ballot, that's going to motivate all of those like evangelical pro-life people, who, some of whom don't like Trump particularly. Are going to be extra motivated if they've already got you know uh, um, a huge conservative majority on the court. They might just be like, eh, Biden seems fine. I'm not going to vote for him, but I don't really feel like going out and casting a vote for Trump in a pandemic. I'm just going right. to stay home. Right. So I think that might actually be better for us in the long term. I think. Um, and and to be and, and and the president. There's nothing in the Constitution that says you have to have only nine justices. I mean, it would totally be within Biden's right. And frankly, would be in the interest of the law to balance the court out a little bit.
0: Yeah. And I was wanting to scream at the, the screen the entire time because Trump's saying, I have the, uh, I have the mandate to put, like, did, did Obama not have the mandate? What, what's different between you and Obama, I wonder, that makes it not oh, Well, Obama's Obama
1: job. wasn't born in America,
0: right? That's it, well, why. It's yeah. because
1: Obama's black. Mm. That's why. Let's, let's be honest. That's why.
0: Yeah. And, and so like at this point, you are just inviting the craziest kinds of things. Biden will sit there and say, oh, yeah, I'm not going to completely pack the courts. Why should you believe anything these days? Again, we're living in a post-truth era and any administration in their right mind when they take power is going to try and, and tip the balance back a bit from the damage that has been caused before. You can't trust things because you've broken trust. And uh, I agree. He, he didn't have anything to say there. Like he can't say, oh, no, I'm not going to pack the courts or anything like that. Uh, and also,
1: Biden's very moderate. He is going to nominate another Merrick Garland. He's not going to nominate some far left ideologue. He's going to nominate somebody who is conservative with a small C in the sense of ruling on the merits of the Constitution and just not an originalist, right? Right? Interprets the Constitution's historical role a little more broadly, but is not an ideologue, right? Hmm. That's what Biden would appoint or would, would uh, nominate, and and. I mean, but we, the election is between a radical wannabe fascist dictator and a normal centrist president like we've always had for a long time, right? That's the contrast. And I understand people who want a radical leftist don't like that. Buck up. Millennials are on your side. Keep democracy alive, and you'll probably get your way in a decade or two. Yeah. But if you let us become. <laughs> Russia or North Korea or no they probably want it to be North Korea if you let us become Russia um, then uh, the game's over after that
0: yeah and, and it's going to be over in ways that uh, you really just didn't consider and it's going to be tragic I mean so this is the thing too you know what I don't even know what I was trying to say there I'm, I'm so <laughs> flustered by that debate and it's
1: I don't even think we should call it a debate it was yeah. it was, uh, it was a shit show. It was a shit show.
0: And if you're not disgraced by what happened, then I really do have to wonder, like, where you are at, and and what kind of a world that you are living in, because that that was not that was not good. That was not something to be proud of. What what kind of values do you have as a person when you look at that and think, oh, that was just good TV or something like that? You ever uh, have you ever seen the movie Idiocracy?
1: Yeah. No, this is idiocracy happening. Yeah. That's what it is.
0: Yeah. It is to a T we've reached the full circle. We've, we've come to it. It was a prediction. Uh, the director of that movie is Nostradamus because we're here. We're here. Uh-huh. The only thing that was lacking was the Doritos logo on the front of the right, but
1: only one, only one of the two candidates is the idiocracy candidate. The other one is normal. And I get it. I understand normal. Some people did, weren't satisfied with the status quo. You know what? Neither was I. We're never going to be totally satisfied with the status quo. We need to constantly improve it. And faster is better than slower, as long as we're careful not to throw the baby out with the bathwater, right? I get that. I get that. But right now, we're in a nightmarish hellscape that is much worse than the Obama years. And we need to go back to what used to be better before we can go forward to something that's better than that. And Biden's platform is kind of giving the left a hell of a lot of stuff they want. I mean, he opposes the death penalty. He's in favor of a public option, which is significantly to the left of the existing Affordable Care Act, right? He supports democracy dollars, which is a Yang policy that would probably guarantee we'd get UBI and that is actually really easy to pass in Congress.
0: And it's so like the the fact that Trump can weaponize that against Biden in some way to like have Biden have to try and backpedal and say, no, it's not socialism. Like this is again, a part of the problem that we allowed this debate to get to where it is on the, Oh, socialism versus capitalism, knowing full well that we've destroyed the entire concept of what socialism actually is. Uh, and like, I you know, I don't think Biden did a bad job during the debate. I think he did as good of a job as you can dealing with that type of a personality that is so manipulative. Yeah, I saw a
1: lot of people on Twitter saying they thought Sanders would have done better. I do think that maybe Yang would have done better, right? I mean, obviously, I wish Yang was the nominee. But he doesn't have that much experience debating. Yang is very polite. He's the exact opposite of Trump in the sense that he is a gentleman who's going to, he would let Trump have his time and then let Trump walk all over him, I think. That'd be my fear. I think if Sanders had been the nominee, then it would have been an even more idiocratic um debate, frankly, because then you would have had a an angry old guy shouting down a cantankerous no, actually Bernie's the cantankerous one, shouting down a, a a toddler in a tie with Donald Trump. You would have had two populists. I mean that's what happens with populism. They don't elect gentlemen. They elect, you know people who probably shouldn't be in that position
0: this is the weird question right they spent the entire time talking about uh universal health care um do you support medicare for all blah 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 and and like it's like the i can't tell what was going on of course like everything else but is is trump now at the point where he's like trying to defend the Affordable Care Act. One, I thought that it was huge that the Affordable Care Act was brought up since there's this disconnect from Trump supporters who think that Obamacare and the Affordable Care Act are two different things. That's a victory on the labeling from that party here. It was cast into broad daylight. Like, yes, this is the ACA. That's what's at stake here and pre-existing conditions and all of these things. So it was like Trump is having to defend socialized medicine, essentially, but, but frame it in a way that uh, people are confused as to what's actually being talked about, right? What are, what are your thoughts on that?
1: I mean, Trump is just, he's just telling people what they want to hear. He mm. doesn't, what Biden said is true. Trump doesn't have a plan. He didn't have a plan for how to deal with COVID. He didn't, he doesn't have a plan for what to replace the Affordable Care Act with. Um, he, you know, he's not going to do anything. He's not going to do anything, anything, period. He won't. That's, that's the irony, right? Like the, I feel like the blow that, that Trump got that was pretty hard because it will hit a lot of people who were disenchanted with the status quo was when he said, you know, you haven't done anything in 47 years, which is not true, right? But that, setting that aside, even if it were true, Trump hasn't done anything either, right? right. Um, and, and so that <laughs> the, somebody needs to tell Trump he's the incumbent, Right. Because he's still running like he's an outsider against the system. But he's been at the top of the system. His party controlled both both uh, the House and the Senate for the first few years. And did they build the wall while he while he had all that power? No. Did he replace Obamacare with some amazing system that saves 80 or 90 percent on drugs? No. He didn't do fucking shit. Right. All so, the things
0: that he has succeeded no. in have tilted the country in the direction of authoritarianism, with the way that he's completely packed the courts.
1: Right, because it's all about his own power. He Why? just wants power so that he can stay out of jail, so that he can stay out of debt, so that he can be a god on earth. That's it. That's his only motivation. He doesn't give. A, he does not care about America. Yeah, yeah, which I don't even know what to say, man. I, I honestly hope they don't do another debate. it it, it just lends credibility to the guy. Those were the he's questions not, that he's I had He doesn't the deserve. Now. He doesn't deserve to be up there. You know, like I'm a producer in my day job, right? If I saw that happening, I would say we can't put this out on the air. We have a casting problem. Fire the casting director. The guy with the bad hair, with the fake comb over, the seventy thousand dollar haircut. That guy, he doesn't belong up there. He, he's out of his element.
0: Yeah. And like every single news outlet afterwards, the pundits were like, this was a disaster. This was a disgrace. And, and they just came out and flat out said it. And I don't think you're not crazy to, to, to agree with that. So what does the next debate looks like? They've got to turn off his mic. They, they have, to. They, <laughs> well, have they might, to. they might. They might.
1: They might. Or at, at a bare minimum, they'll have like some alarm or something. They'll have some plan for making sure that they uh, they stick to it, I believe so. Yeah.
0: It's like in a cafeteria where they've got the red green light for the kids that we get too loud. That's what our political debate has come to. That's how that's how things have devolved. No, but uh, yeah, but that
1: wouldn't work because like you can't trust you can't trust Trump to have as much self respect as a third grader.
0: And you can trust his follower base to take it as an attack on on their ability to you, you know like. It's it's disgusting the way that they're so able. Trump supporters
1: to. were watching this like the Super Bowl. Yeah, they had their popcorn, they had their beer, which is cool. I like popcorn, I like beer, right? And they're shouting at the TV, but they're shouting for the wrong reasons. They're saying, right. "Yeah, you get him, Trump. You teach that swamp." I mean, Trump Trump has like filled the swamp not with alligators, with goddamn T Rexes, right? right? He's putting people who shouldn't be there because they have like conflicts of interest like through and through the whole way across, right? That's the definition of the swamp supposedly,
0: right? How many arrests are we up to? How many of his his (laughs) close circle is in jail right now? You know, like it's it's insane. I I think it's
1: actually, I think it's a record. I yeah. you could go in the Guinness Book of World Records for having had the most members of his cabinet arrested for felonies.
0: You know, one of the things that I learned growing up is that, you know, part of being successful in this world is surrounding yourself with successful people. And it says quite a bit about who you are as a person um, based upon the people that you surround yourself with. When every single one of them wind up in jail, mm-hmm. right? That that says some things, I in my opinion. But, you know, uh, yeah, I agree. I hope that maybe the next time that we have a post-debate analysis like this, we can, we can actually talk about something of substance. And i That's true. Maybe it'll
1: be a better debate. I, I do look forward to it if that's the case. But this was, this, was, this was a shit show. It was a total waste of time.
0: Is there even any room for gumbo after all of this?
1: Oh, no. Moving forward is still our gumbo. And Andrew Yang is, is still our taco.
0: Up until the day the authoritarian regime cancels gumbo and we can't have it anymore but until that day man i look forward to our discussions thank you for having me on
1: gumbo that's what gypsies eat we don't (laughs) we 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 good white salt of the earth americans don't eat gumbo what are you talking about
0: i'm people (laughs) i think people think i'm exaggerating but really gumbo is one of the first things to go as soon as people don't
1: understand oh boy it'll be the handmaid's tale also
0: seen gumbo um i walked into the i'm so sorry to say this because it's going to offend some people it's it it is a joke but i walked into the room uh and i had told my girlfriend about how the debate went and she turned around and started practicing like she was posing and saying may the lord open you know like trying to figure out the best way to wear her newly adorned um handmaid's outfit and i you know I actually saw that on on TikTok. Like girls are are you know recording themselves, like practicing for what's about to happen, for what's going to come. That's very downward. powerful.
1: Yeah, young young yeah. people can be smart sometimes. That's uh that's like that's a really smart. See, there you go. That's a digital protest that doesn't kill your aunt. Yeah. All right. Moving forward is our gumbo. Andre Yang is our taco. Thank you, man. Yeah. Cheers. Talk soon.
0: Hey, it's Seth, host of The Dividend Report. I'd like to thank Rio for the conversation today. More importantly, I'd like to thank you, the awesome Moving Forward community. These conversations are hard and getting even harder as we near the election. If you share my hope that discussions like these can happen more frequently, support the Moving Forward podcast at movingforwardpod.com. Look after yourselves and your mental health. Things are going to get better. I'll catch you all soon. All right. We'll end the stream here. Uh, thank you guys for joining me here in the chat. All right. See guys, hey, Have a good day. Cheers. Cheers.